So, welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast. And today we're talking about the latest Marvel movie, which probably should have been the only Marvel movie this year, maybe other than Shang-Chi. But this one is Spider-Man No Way Home, the third in the Marvel Studios iteration of Spider-Man. stars Tom Holland. But this one is directed by John Watts. The writers are Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, based off of characters created by Stan Lee. stars Tom Holland, Zendebe, and Benedict Cumberbatch. The synopsis is, with Spider-Man's identity now revealed, Peter asks Doctor Strange for help. When a spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear, forcing Peter to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. Which, one of the things that Keith says every now and then is that no one would want to be Spider-Man because he just has a very sad, terrible life. So Keith, how do you feel about Spider-Man No Way Home? I would never want to be Spider-Man, Peter Parker. <laughs> so we've talked in the past, Barry, about, and you probably know some of the backstory about Spider-Man 2 for me. And Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire, he went through the ringer in that movie. It was literally like one of my favorite comic book movies. I mean, it captured the character wholeheartedly. No matter what life laid on to him, he was still a good person at the end of the day. He still tried to do the right thing. He got some small rewards, but he took a whole boatload of failures through it all. Spider-Man No Way Home, that pretty much just blew Spider-Man 2 out of the water for me. It hit every note that it was trying to hit. Even the introduction, and not to go into spoiler territory, but you understand why they never went through Peter Parker's origin story when he came to the MCU. Bringing all the other previous Spider-Man movies into this one sounded hokey when you heard about it and you figured it would be entertaining. You didn't think it would have the emotional weight and the storytelling weight that it had, but it actually did. It actually fixed the two Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, in my opinion. Those movies are powerful. I can look, go back to and watch those two movies again and not turn my nose up at it. But as a standalone MCU film, it was phenomenal. Best Spider-Man film that I've ever seen. It did everything correctly. Tom Holland just nailed the character perfectly. They all came together and all worked out extremely well. Like even the, the, the plot line as it got even more convoluted with, with the spell and everything. It took the source material, with the, which was the No Way Home comic book arc that Spider-Man went through in the comic books uh, about 10 years ago, I say. It did a far better job of relaying that story and getting the, the you know, Spider-Man. It did a much better job than the comic book, than the source material did. This is a phenomenal film, I thought. It was emotional. It, it hit me a couple of times in some scenes. And again, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. The hype and all the misdirections and all of the secrecy, it's well understood. John Watts did a fantastic job. And I'm excited for what's coming next for the MCU. Doctor Strange is like sold for me. I'm watching that day of, day one. This is also probably the first Marvel film I saw where I didn't think about the previous Avengers that were gone, Tony Stark and Captain America and stuff. When I heard their names getting dropped, kind of like, oh yeah, they're gone. But I didn't think about what was lost. I thought about what was coming ahead, future phases of the Marvel of the MCU. So this is a good film. Far better film than I thought it was. It's right up there with Endgame. I'm not going to say it's better than Infinity War, but it's up there. All right, Matt? I felt this movie was phenomenal. I mean, it hit everything as far as a lot of homage. There was a plenty and plenty and plenty of Easter eggs. I don't think it necessarily corrected the other movies as it did merge uh, all the storylines together and made it somewhat of a effortless universe or multiverse, should I say. The one thing I kind of liked about this movie that the amazing Spider-Man didn't apparently get, how to make a movie somewhat dark, 
but still maintained the humor that made it famous, that made it enjoyable to watch. It wasn't too popcorn-ish, I guess you should say. And as far as staying true to comic book, as far as representation of the characters, the old characters that they, the villains that were there, the good thing about that is that it provided them with a little bit more depth than it did on the, in the previous iteration. Don't see how they would make this movie any more perfect than what it is. Doctor Strange, I thought, was a perfect fit in the absence of Tony Stark. As far as all the Easter eggs that were happening in this movie, if you paid attention to not only to what people were saying, what people were doing, uh, things in the background, there was no shortage of, oh, I know what that is, or hey, that number represents this, or that saying represents this. It was pretty awesome. I just hope that the other Spider-Mans, hopefully they get their own movie too. Jay? I don't know what the fuck y'all were watching, but what I saw was utter trash. It was a waste of my time, and I don't want to discuss this movie any further. I'm just here to let people know that this movie is overrated, overhyped. First, let me stop bullshit. This movie was fucking epic. This joint was amazing. This movie was fucking amazing. <laughs> exactly. This fucking guy. God. This fucking dude. This guy. Get yeah, him I knew this was going to He's fired. We all Hold on, man. I this was going to tell Jay, I knew good and damn well he's bullshitting when he yeah, said Iron Man 3 because he hates Pepper Potts, and that's the worst fucking Pepper Potts scene ever. So good and damn well he ain't going with that. <laughs> this movie was fucking amazing. The only bad thing about this movie was that it was too short. I actually wanted it to be a little bit longer, and some of the villains didn't have that much of much of anything to do. Right, right. They yeah. were just there. Like Keith said before, like no one really wants to be Spider Man, and Spider Man he takes a lot of L's in his life. A lot. He takes more L's than he does W's. It, it's ridiculous amount, but. It all goes back to like the whole the saying with great power comes great responsibility. So he always has to take the L for the greater good. And in this movie, they established that. And if you look at this movie, this is also kind of a reboot, somewhat. Because one thing that people complained about with the Tom Holland Spider Man was that he had Stark Tech, he had yep. this, he had that part of a team, he had people helping him. Now, he had to basically grow up. He had to grow up. And to also pick you back on what Keith said, now you understand why they didn't really go into the backstory of Peter Parker, of Spider-Man, because in essence, this was, these three movies was kind of the backstory, get the Spider-Man that we know, witness the backstory with these three movies, or with the previous two to get to this point. So it was a good movie. There's not really much I didn't enjoy. I even enjoyed Zendaya. She was cool. There were more moments in this movie that I was like, damn. I right, kind of pulled her heartstrings a little bit because she was like, man, that's tough. Felt sorry for him. You genuinely felt sorry for him. The acting was pretty good. It was better than what I would have expected. And Doctor Strange is a goddamn monster. I swear to God. Like, I am yeah, on board. I am on board to see the next Doctor Strange movie. And uh, yeah, this movie Sam was. Sam yeah, you already know automatically. Sam Raimi. I shudder to think what Sam Raimi's going to do with that guy. Like, he's just going to be great. So, you already know I'm on board for that. Yeah, dude, just say Sam Raimi. I'm when does it. that movie come out? Is it February? Quite sure. Yeah, I think it's February. Dude, that's right around the corner. That'll be here before you know. No, I don't think it's February. If I'm not mistaken, it's May. Uh, yeah, still be here. That's the summer season. Oh, wow. Now, I want to say, like, they literally this week just finished all those reshoots they had to do. That'll be around the corner before you know it. This movie's pretty good. 
perhaps one of the best superhero movies that I have seen. Yeah, like it's not really much I could say without going to spoilers, which you'll probably do a little bit later. But this is a great movie. All right, I'll go ahead. I liked it, but I was just expecting a lot more, other than kind of what we got. I was expecting maybe more cameos, other than the one cameo first in the early part of the movie, and then what you knew you were going to get just because of the nature of the movie. And I would just say that from a release standpoint and the fact that Into the Spider-Verse came out two years ago, this feels a little too soon for me because I love Into the Spider-Verse and it does something similar to a certain extent and slightly different. I assume Disney was just going to say we're bringing the movie out regardless and I would also say maybe my expectations... If, I guess, Kobe didn't hit, maybe this movie might have more cameos, more things for the villains to do. You That's, think that had to do with COVID? I'm just assuming it did. I'm not saying right. that it has to. I'm just saying that if they have the ability to shoot the movie the way that they wanted to shoot it, regardless of its reshoots or something else, story-wise, I just expected more. That's all. I can understand. I think my biggest worry was that the, if they did too much with the villains, it would have been a little bloated. I can kind of see where you're going with that, because with less villains, they would have had more time to focus on each one of them individually. The wife called them, instead of the Sinister Six, they were the fucked up five. Yeah. And it was just five of them. I can kind of see it. Like, it, there just wasn't enough time to really get into everything with them. But yeah, at the same time, I think more. from what Janice was saying about the length of the movie, that I think that also had something to do with it, that if they had maybe another 20 minutes or so. Yeah. I yeah, think it should have been longer. It's a year right. Okay. Yeah, they, if it would have been longer, they could have added a little bit more to the other villain. Because, I mean, in all honesty, the main villain was Ring Goblin. Doc Ock was a pivotal point as well. Electro was there here and there, but... Like, really, Sandman, he's just following along with everybody else. Yeah, he, but then he, he, had, he didn't had have moments much to that, contribute. Right. He had moments that he was kind of, like, on the fence. And then, oh, my God, Lizard was just there just to be there. It was to the point, it's like he didn't want to be there. I mean, he just stood in the truck. I mean, I understand why. I mean, he's a big-ass yeah, lizard. You can't really I hide it. that. I see what you guys are saying. It's kind of hard to hide a big-ass lizard. But Yeah, I have to agree with you. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. Well, at least he could be the Sinister Six Hulk or something. So, Big Mike, uh, know that you had been anticipating this movie for like forever. I mean, Big Mike was on top of the news. Big Mike was sending shots, photos, whatever leaks came out. How do you feel about Spider-Man No Way Home? One, first and foremost, movie is amazing. I was not disappointed at all. Told you there's only a few movies that Marvel's done. Right at the end, I literally sat down and was like, don't give me another ticket, so I'm about to watch this shit again. One being Avengers, Guardians. Definitely Infinity War. Arguably Endgame. And when this went off, I literally was like, yeah, we don't need to go on. Run that back. We need to see this again. I will also say this. To me, and I'm going to say this, and some people feel however they want to feel. To me, I liken this to the Avengers 1 of Spider-Man movies. In the sense that, and I get what y'all are saying about the villains, but here's my theory on all this. Is that I think this was partially Marvel setting up going forward for phase four especially given the next slate of movies if you go down the list i believe it goes dr strange thor love and thunder 
Uh, I can't forget if there's something in between that. But then we get to Quantum Mania. Yeah, it's it yeah. might be Captain Marvel. Marvel? Yeah. Have they finished it yet? I don't know. No, they just started shooting it. Because Brie Larson, I think she just finished her photos of her training and all that. So I don't think they've actually started shooting that yet. I'm saying that to say it sets up phase four for Marvel. But I also have a theory that I think it's also given Sony the option of do you want to go back and explore those movies that, like I said, Toby's, I was pleased with except for one aspect of three. Andrews, I always feel sorry for him because I feel like he got the short in the stick. You were all right as Spider-Man, but everything around you was kind of some bullshit. Jamie Foxx shouldn't have been Blue Man Group Electro. Oh, I got it. I see what you're saying. And so now I'm wondering if the don't kill him, cure him thing. It's the great reset. Yeah. reset. And now Sony can do what they want to do with that. And then Marvel can continue going full force with this multiverse thing. Because what I read today was this is being described as an appetizer. Doctor Strange is your motherfucking entree. And if that trailer is any indication, oh my Lord. that's going to be absolutely true. Sam Raimi's about to be on some other world type stuff. From what I understand, just the rumored cameos and stuff that possibly might happen, this is the setup. This is the touchdown. This is Marvel showing you, you will never play with us. Because not only did they execute the Infinity Saga, you have to really look at the fact that they just executed the Spider-Man thing. They accomplished well, studios, just for whatever reason, I'm looking like, I don't understand why they couldn't have done this before. Other than, you may say technology wasn't up to par, but also just, it was just a sit down at a table. Kevin Feige going, no, I'm going to take everything y'all did that was wrong, and we're going to fix it to fit to Marvel and what we do. In our world and the universe we're building. Kind of put like a straight reset button on both sides. Because the deal that the CEO of Sony now said how it works is, it's similar to the universal thing how it was before. So Sony gives them character, Marvel lends one to them. Hence, we got Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange was the lent character to Sony, is how he explained it. I think, one, this is really good in the fact that, from a trilogy standpoint, this is a nice, neat bow on trilogy, right? Like, let's say they decide the deal didn't work, they decide to end it right here. Right. It works as a trilogy standing alone. However, you also have it set up to where now, you move completely forward into Peter Parker's next phase of life. Like, Jay. Yeah, because wasn't that going to happen? Well, I guess Sony was playing a little bit hardball with the contract situation. Yeah. And then Tom Holland called them drunk and said, We can't work this out. He called Kevin Feige and them. And they finally sat down at the table and came up with something new. Apparently, it's still an ongoing discussion. There's nothing set in stone, but let's just go ahead and call it what it is. $537 million during the pandemic, there is no more discussion. Y'all are going to figure it out. And they already yeah. Spider-Man 4 is in development. So I think these three, like I believe Jay said, is the background story to Peter Parker, right? Mm-hmm. Because the way it ended, without spoiling anything, he now gets to go into other different phases that we want to see, which works for the original plan, which was nine films, sets of three. The first three high school, second three college, last three adult. You still get the MJ storyline. Because that still exists. More than likely, you're going to get the Gwen storyline. And I'm going to argue, the only difference is you're probably going to get Spider-Gwen now. Because now his storyline is going to change a bit, right? So one line that he dropped in the movie now is going to end up probably becoming true without spoiling anything. Peter going through the black suit and everything else, which works because we already know Secret Wars is the big thing they've been talking about now. I totally forgot about Secret Wars. Marvel in one film. <laughs> very excellently done <laughs> again 
set up everything going forward, not just for the Spider-Man, but also for the universe. I've thought about this, but I have not found one thing wrong with this movie yet. Not a slow point, not a downer, not a, I could have done without you. Like for me, the entire thing, writing, directing, acting, like I'm all on board with John Watts, director Fantastic Four now. I have zero questions. And one person made a point online that I didn't even think about. If you don't like nothing else about these movies, he nails villains. Nobody had a problem with Vulture. Nobody had a problem with Mysterio. And Willem Dafoe, 20 years later, knocked Green Goblin out the park. Like, it never happened. Like, it's never been 20 years. Yeah. John Watts gets it. So I fully trust him with Dr. Doom. I trust him with Galactus. I trust him if he goes Super Scroll. Like, whatever he does, I'm sure it's going to be good. And like we already said in the chat, as far as Feige goes, get that man a blank check and just get him a lifetime deal. Like, that's the one dude you better not ever lose. Mm-hmm. Because I've never seen someone execute a plan like this Hollywood to this level of perfection where you now have actors who you never imagined want to work with Marvel, like campaigning to get part of the MCU now. The one will piss off Barry. The other one, I'm still like, I don't see it, but whatever. You saying Will Smith is in the MCU now? <laughs> Will Smith's um, open letter to Kevin Feige. Legit, I'm not bullshitting. He's in the open letter to Kevin Feige saying, yo. No, no, no. Who? No. He's not. Well, yeah, he's, they he's talked. Not the, he's not yeah, the only talked. one. Like, Ben they Affleck talk, called though, but him. He said he wants to be in for a while. It's not going to be yeah. a short film. He wants to be multiple films. Who? He's coming. Who? Ed Murphy. Will Smith. But who? Who would he play? No! no. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Whatever Feige he's, he's one of the greatest worth, actors of our generation. Whatever Feige deems is worthy, Matt, he's worthy of. You're off the podcast right now. <laughs> I'm done. I'm no longer speaking. <laughs> you know, ben Affleck calls Feige the greatest producer ever. No one has accomplished what he's done in cinema. Right, and you got to realize he was in Suicide Squad. He's over DC, looking like yo, like what? I have a feeling this multiverse thing is a huge expectation about Doctor Strange. That trailer was a <laughs> even I mean, that, right. Feige said because asked me on the way, she was like, "What trailers are going to show?" And I said, "Well, the one I want to see that they're not going to show is Doctor Strange." As Feige said, "Yeah, we're not showing it before the movie. It's not attached before the movie." And then when the movie's off, I was like, "He didn't lie. He was technically right. It was at the end. That was genius to me. I thought that shit was cold." What's the same credit scene going to be? All these people left. I was sitting there. I was like, you really think it's one? I said, I don't know. I just know there's usually two. And then Doctor Strange file. I said, this month, what the? Nah, bro. That Doctor Strange movie looked good. Man. Uh, and I'm telling you, if any of what I've read or that I've heard ends up being true, it's just a little subtle. Where it's like, dude, you, you even pulled this off. Supposed to introduce Fantastic Four and X-Men at the least. All right, so Keith, what score would you give Spider-Man No Way Home? I was going to give it a 10, honestly, but I'm going to give it a 9.5 because I agree with you and James. Another 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, just to flesh out Jamie Foxx, Marco, Sandman's character, the villains a little bit more, and maybe a little bit more time with May, I think, and May and Happy, I think would have been good. And that is rare when I say spend more time with some of the background characters. I get that they were keeping the pacing going and the pacing I cannot fault with, like the pacing was perfect, but I think they could have worked out something with it getting a little bit more, but I'm going to give this a 9.5. This was the best Spider-Man movie ever. It got me in the feels. It got me choked up a couple of times. It was with the wife. She was bawling her eyes out like more than four different occasions. It was emotional. It was funny. It was exciting. It was the, the action was phenomenal. Um, it did something. It made 
movies outside of the Spider-Man, outside of Marvel, the MCU, Spider-Man, it made them better. I don't even know how you even accomplish that, but when you make someone else's films better through your work, that's something else entirely. Completely excited for what they do in the future. Can't wait to see what they do next. In fact, rewatching all the Spider-Man films again. That good. So I give it a 9.5 out of 10. All right, Matt. 10. Just the amount of characters that were in there, perfectly balanced. Many Easter eggs in which had a lot of aha moments, I guess, if you want to call it. Characters were in the background, actually ended up having depth and made me really feel a character as far as his, his emotional well-being, his mental well-being, and the amount of creativity and forward planning that is required many, many multiple years. And I know Marvel's wonderful at this. They're not looking one or two steps. They're looking about 10 steps ahead as far as the character arc. It was awesome. The acting in it was uh, phenomenal. I uh, can't wait to see what the next stage will be. And uh, just the way everything is set up, different iterations of what can occur. Amazing movie. Actually, saw it on Friday. I'm going to see it on Tuesday morning again. So, except this time with my parents. Amazing movie. Go watch it. All right, Jay. I give this movie a one, but no, seriously. I give this movie a nine. And the only reason why I do not give it a 10 is because it's, like I said, I feel it was too short. They didn't flesh out the villains uh, more. And yeah, that was about it. I mean, it had everything. It had pretty good action like the action actually caught me off guard when they were wrecking like shit they were brutal this is probably the most brutal spider-man fights i've ever seen on film so the action was good the acting was good got you in your emotions you felt what the characters were going through it was actually quite relatable spider-man is a character that most just the average person can really relate to i believe outside of having superpowers but they can relate to the trials and tribulations that he goes through and this movie conveyed it very well I am curious to see where they go after this, especially with Doctor Strange, because Keith and Mike said that I believe is going to be a very important movie. This was a very important movie, but that movie will be something that will probably shape the MCU for years to come. Yeah, so I give it a nine. So I'm going to give this a five, and I know that's maybe not the score that some people thought. Did but you say five? 8.5. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but, five would have had, like, some... Yeah, no, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, but I think for me, it is still Into the Spider-Verse. And how I felt after watching that movie, I guess that's how you guys feel. And when I came out of this one, I felt okay. So, like, Mike was saying that if this was the last Spider-Man movie, Sony-Disney collaboration, it's okay. But Into the Spider-Verse felt special to me. And this feels okay. That's all I can say. So I'm not downgrading the movie. I mean, it's well shot, well directed. Feel that it could have been better. That's all. So 8.5. Big Mike? 10 all day. There's no doubt about that. I saw it Friday. I would have gone today. Probably go see it in IMAX because I didn't see it in IMAX yet. Like I said, I thought it was amazing. I still think about it all the time. And I still haven't found one thing I found wrong with it yet. And I'm trying. And I just ain't got no issues with it. Like, even though I may think it's like that version of Uncle Ben. And, you know, I hate that whole rehashing shit over and over again. So I even thought that was kind of like a perfect way to handle things. Just like I said, everybody, I just, the movie was just great to me, man. And for what it was, and also, again, for what I believe it sets up. Like I said, I think you already said Sony, and they get a chance to redeem themselves. I think it redeemed one person in particular. And, I honestly believe this is Marvel set up for 
not now, but further down the line, I think two things. One, a proper Sinister Six, because you still had Vulture locked up, Scorpion locked up, didn't get Rhino yet in the MCU. So you still had options with that. So I think it's a setup for Sinister Six down the line and then ultimately a live action Spider-Verse. I just don't think that's going to happen anytime soon because I know Marvel still wants to do Miles. Like I said, I'm almost sure they're going to do Spider-Gwen. And then somewhere down the line, introduce some other characters and all that. So like I said, I thought it was great directing, great writing, great acting. Tom Holland to me is Spider-Man. If he can't pull off nothing else, he pulled off most of the scene as well because I still laugh at the fact that the Russo's like, that whole Infinity War scene, when he dusted, they didn't give him any script. It was Act like you're dying, and that's what he came up with on one take. And the scene in this one was reminding me of that. And I'm like, look, he can't act that else. He can do emotion really well. But like I said, I think it was fantastic, man. I can't wait. Whatever they're getting ready to do, I'm ready for every last bit of it now. And shout out to Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool little scene. <laughs> that was a cool scene. Just one other thing I did want to say. I said this beat, and he was like, that's cold ass line, man. I said, yeah, I'm going to say it on the podcast. I just want to shout out to Kevin Feige because he accomplished what Kathleen Kennedy couldn't do for George Lucas. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that show. Yeah, that's I, all I got for the non-spoiler type stuff. So, that's the Beast Game Podcast. I guess we will also be doing a, probably it's end of the year, something. Still got the Matrix. <laughs> so, I'll be watching that from home. Yeah, still got the Matrix, <laughs> but... Still, we'll say if you look at this movie in context of the Eternals and understand what the Eternals was trying to be important to, they don't matter. (laughs) They don't matter matter at all. That movie does not matter. Black Widow does not matter. Black Widow definitely doesn't matter in the context of this movie. Let me ask you about Eternals real quick because I still haven't seen it. I'm not watching those streams. Celestial. Major importance or not really? Major importance. Yeah. That's the whole point of that movie, I would argue. Yeah. Yep. Just to set that up for all the cosmic shit. It's basically Ant Man with the quantum realm, is what it sounds like. That's it. Yep. That is the Beast Game Podcast.